You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo! What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Joey P. Joe Pizzapia, right here on the Line Star app on deck podcast. That's my best Joe Pizzapia impression. What's going on, everybody? It's Chris Meany here with you. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. Podcast happening a little bit later on this afternoon. My apologies. Joe is away at the FSGA representing fan tracks. So it's just me solo here riding today with you guys. So thanks again for taking the time to hang out. We're going to dive to today's action on the MLB slate. A busy Friday afternoon. We have 14 games happening from 7 p.m. Eastern on. I wanted to hook up with Greg Landry from Star. We actually had a plan to do that early this morning. Uh, unfortunately, some things popped up with me on my end, so my apologies to Greg and to everybody else who has to listen to me solo here today. Uh, but we'll be fine. Uh, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll get a home run call. Hopefully, we'll get some bets. And we'll go run right through the schedule here, as I mentioned, a lot of games. So let's get right into it, and let's start in Baltimore with my boy John Means up against Mike Clevenger. Uh, The Cleveland Indians have a 5.3 team implied total. It's one of the highest on the board. John Means has been really, really good this season. I mean, he's due for some regression. He has a 45% fly ball rate. It has led to six homers in his last nine starts, but... Lefties are only hitting 190 against him. He's allowed three or fewer runs in 11 of his last 12 outings. In fact, it's been two or fewer in nine of those 12 starts. So he's pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't stack Cleveland. I do feel like there's an opportunity to jump on Jose Ramirez again and just at a tournament standpoint. He's really hard to trust in cash at this point, but 4.2 on DK is not awful. And 3.3 on FanDuel is, is a pretty good price for him. He's been better against left-handed pitching so far this season, hitting 278 compared to 185 against righties. Six of the eight home runs that Means has allowed has come to right-handed hitters. Now, there's going to be some regression for Means, as I mentioned. 45% fly ball rate has led to those home runs. So there's an opportunity, maybe, if you want to jump on board with Jose Ramirez. The lefty-lefty matchup I don't love with Jason Kipnis against Means. So I'd kind of stay away from that. But I think Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez are worth your money in tournaments. Mike Clevenger is in a pretty good spot. He's 9-6 on DraftKings. And on the FanDuel side, he's 9-4. He was back on the I.L., with an ankle injury, he's good to go tonight. Uh, 29 strikeouts and in 16 innings so far this season. In his very last outing, and he missed about a couple months, he fanned seven, and he threw 91 pitches, so he should be stretched out. There shouldn't really be any limitations in his game. The Orioles have a top-10 strikeout rate, so Clevenger is certainly on the board. I like him a lot in tournaments. Let's move over to Toronto. We have the Jays with a 5.3 team implied total as well up against Danny Duffy and the Kansas City Royals. The Jays are throwing out Sean Reed Foley, who has just not been good in a very small sample size in Major League Baseball. He only has 37 innings on the MLB resume, and he's walked 26 over that span. It's it's not good. I mean, 51 walks over 69 AAA innings before the call-up, five free passes and four innings so far this season with the Blue Jays. I'd be looking at bats like Whit Merrifield. Jorge Soler has been one of our favorites here on the On Deck podcast. 
Um, so take a look at him. 17 of the 21 homers he has this season have come against right-handed pitching. And he's basically free on DraftKings. He's 3-8. I mean, that's not free, but that's a pretty decent value. It's hard to find that value on DK. We've been talking about FanDuel. I'm going to sound like a broken record during this show because there's just so much FanDuel to... There's just so much value over there. It's it's really hard not to invest your money into FanDuel. You only have to pick one pitcher, and you can basically do whatever you want with your lineup. So Soler is 3-1 over there. And I'd really take a look at some of these Jays bats against Danny Duffy, a, you know, a decent strikeout guy in the past, but so far this season only 50 through 62 innings. He's allowed seven homers in his last six starts. He checks in with a 40% fly ball rate and a 42% mark for his career. How about Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? This guy is on a complete tear right now, and he's just crushed lefties so far this season. A 344 average, a 455 Woba, seven bombs. He has three homers in his last three games. He enters on a five-game multi-hit streak. Over the last two weeks, he's hitting 352 with six homers, 11 RBI, and 11 runs. DK is all over it. No surprise. 5-2 is his price. Hard to get on board. It really is. When you want to spend five-plus on DraftKings, you really want to get that bona fide stud. But on Fandle 3-5, I think he's a free square. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been struggling really, you know, all year since the call-up, to be honest. But 3K over on Fandle, I can get behind that. Eric Sogard tends to lead off against lefties. He has a 381 Woba and four homers against Southpaws so far this season. So he's easy on the wallet if you're playing over on the Fandle side as well. Let's move over to Miami and Philadelphia. Vince Velasquez is interesting if you're just looking for that cheap, pitcher who could potentially get you a win. There's two guys on the slate like this. Velasquez is one of them. He has the higher strikeout upside as opposed to Anibal Sanchez, who is the other guy going up against Detroit and Washington. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But for Velasquez, uh, you know, he has faced Miami twice this season. Now he's failed to get the W in, in either of those starts, but it was more on the Philadelphia offense than him. He only allowed two runs and three hits over 11 innings against Miami. Those two runs came via the long ball, which tends to get Velasquez, but this start is in Miami, so that's pretty good. Uh, and the Phillies pitcher just faced Miami last weekend. He allowed one hit through five innings. So there's an opportunity at least there for a win. I don't feel great about him being my one pitcher on Fandle, but I think there's some value to be had over on the DraftKings side as a, as a number two. Lazar Hernandez going for Miami. No interest really in him at all. He's been hit hard in a small sample size, 41% of the time, 43% fly ball rate. Lefties are hitting 385 with a 478 Woba against him. Bryce Harper is heating up. We've been talking about him since he moved up to the leadoff spot. Now he's back in the three spot. But ever since that, we're starting to see a little bit of a groove with him. I mean, he's reached base in nine straight games. He went yard last night for the second time in the past six games. So I like Harper. Moving over to Tampa Bay, Yanni Chirinos up against Lance Lynn. Now, Lance Lynn's actually been pretty good this season. He really has. I mean, he has 108 strikeouts and 100 innings. He's only walked 25 over that span. He's just a tad too expensive for me. He had gone eight straight starts, allowing three runs or fewer. Finally got lit up in his last inning against the White Sox. I just don't want to go there with Lance Lynn at 10-1. I just really don't see the appeal. And on the other side with Chirinos, very low strikeout rate, not like Lance Lynn, 7.34K per nine. He served up 14 homers so far this season, and he's only had 16 games. So, you know, not all starts, some of them out of the bullpen early on, and that's that's what Tampa Bay does. I mean, they throw out an opener, and then they roll over another guy who can give them a few innings. But, you know, lefties... Not doing all that well against Torinos, 178 average. And if you look at Texas up and down their lineup, a lot of lefties in there. So this game could be under the number. We have a total of eight right now. It's not high. 
I'm kind of fading every offensive bat in here. If you want some standalone value, I think there's some with Avisel Garcia. Yandy Diaz is a little bit better against lefties, but uh, he's at least cheap. So those are two guys I would consider. If Texas throws out Danny Santana, and I think they will, just try to get some right-handed bats in that lineup. This guy's been red hot. He has five homers in his past eight games. He usually slots in in the two spot, if not the seventh spot. It's not awful. Uh, so I would maybe, if you're looking just for somebody who could have some success because Torino's, you know, gives up a lot of bombs, I, I would go and take a look at Danny Santana. Let's move over to the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. This is one of the lowest total games on the slate, 7.5. Well, of course, you look at the pitchers, Jacob DeGrom and Mike Soroka. Soroka is at the price where I, I, like, I love that price at 9.3. It's a little bit better than what we've seen, like the high, you know, 10-something. And that, that's just a little bit too much on FanDuel. He's 8.8. He's the same thing applies we've been saying for the past couple weeks. Now he checks out pretty decently on the Line Star on the Line Star app if you if you got the tools and you got the projections. I'm just taking a look here right now in terms of just pitcher projected players uh, in terms of f- fantasy points. Clevenger is right up at the top, 23 points is what he's projected. Then it's Jacob Degrom, and then Mike Soroka is in the top five. My one problem with Soroka is is the strikeouts. It, like he's rocking a 2.07 ERA, fantastic, obviously. He has 63 strikeouts in 78 innings, and he only has six punchouts in his last 13 innings. So that's why I can't go there. But Jacob DeGrom, I wouldn't play him in cash against the Braves. Now, he's been, he's looked like his old self. He really has. It's two or fewer runs in seven straight starts, 10 of his last 11. He has at least eight strikeouts in four consecutive outings, including a 10K showing against Atlanta on June 18th. So he just faced this team and lit them up, basically. Uh, so you can definitely take a shot with Jacob Degrom. I just I'm I'm always a little scared to roll out a pitcher against Atlanta in cash. So I, I would play him in tournaments at 11-2. Maybe the ownership will be slightly down because it's because it's the Braves. Let's be honest. Uh, but he's in a pretty good spot usually every single time you want to roll him out in cash. You can or in tournaments rather you can make that case for him. Let's move over to Cincinnati. We have the Cubs and the Reds. Cole Hamels up against Sonny Gray. Uh, you know, a high total here at 9. It could get up to 10, really, uh, before first pitch. Just taking a little quick refresher at this one. It's still at 9. Cincinnati favored to win this ball game, uh, But most of the money coming in on the Chicago Cubs. And why not? Cole Hamels checks in with a 2.92 ERA. He's only allowed more than three runs in a start once over his last 15 outings. And he comes in having allowed just four earned runs in his past 36 innings. So I know Cincinnati is not the best pitcher's ballpark, but I'm not feeling this Reds lineup at all. They're just, they haven't been hitting guys all that well this season. So I like Cole Hamels. I think you can roll him out there in tournaments. You get him at 9-9. I think he's a decent pivot off Jacob DeGrom. And he also checks out well on the Line Star app as well. If you're if you're just looking at projected values and, and where we're going to get the fantasy points from, Cole Hamels at 9-9 projected for 17 points. I mean, that's that's right there with Mike Soroka, right? So you're going to save yourself a little bit of a cash uh, and it's a better matchup. As for Sonny Gray, pretty good season so far this year, but he's, he's cooled off. He's showing signs of the old Sonny Gray, at least in my opinion. Four homers, five walks in his last two outings. The Cubs played him earlier in the year, hit two bombs against him. And Gray has seen a spike in strikeouts this year, but the walks still concerning almost four walks per nine. He's issued at least three free passes in his past six starts, so or three of his last six starts, rather. And the ERA, much worse at home, 4.62 at home compared to 3.7 on the road. Javier Baez is 5-2 on DraftKings, so the algorithm is all over him there. But on FanDuel, he's 3-6. Again, there's value to be had on FanDuel. You only got to pick the one pitcher. It gets yourself... 
you can get in trouble picking two pitchers on DK. We'll say that. On FanDuel, you just got to nail the one guy, and then there's value across the board. So I like Baez. I still like Suarez in tournaments only. I know he's really struggling, and I just the reason I like him in tournaments is because nobody's thinking about him, a good track record against lefties, but I do like Cole Hamels. We don't know who's pitching yet for the White Sox. I don't know if they know who's pitching for the White Sox. It might be Desponge who's pitching for the White Sox. At least that's what DraftKings is telling me. And if that's the case, I think we can feel good about a lot of these Twins bats. Uh, um, you know, obviously in cash, you, you can roll them out. In tournaments, you can roll them out. Over on the FanDuel side, again, Nelson Cruz checks in at under four. Jorge Polanco is a great contact hitter. He checks in at 3-9. So I consider both of those guys. But the guy you want to know about is should you pay ten five for Jose Barrios? And I think you I think you can. Again, Line Star app likes him. I like him. Hasn't been missing a lot of bats this season. Not a ton. Not, not a ton lately. And he's a much better pitcher at home. But the Twins are going to be favorites in this game. We still don't have a line. We still don't have a total because the White Sox haven't really officially announced who they're rolling out there. But I think there's an opportunity you want to go Barrios. Uh, I, I think you can. Get, I, I definitely can get behind that. At ten five, he's expensive. I wouldn't do it in cash. Like the White Sox have the third highest strikeout rate in baseball, but they also have some guys who can really get to you. And 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 Aloy Jimenez has been much better in the month of June. Jose Abreu, obviously. If Yohan Makata is not in the lineup, that's that's much better for Barrios. So I I would lean on the side of Barrios. I think he's another like Cole Hamels. These three. Rios, Hamels, DeGrom, I think they're all solid tournament arms. If I want, if I could pick one in cash, I probably would go Barrios that way. Just looking at the top of the board in terms of pitching, like those are the three expensive. Like Lance Lynn's the fade for me on DK. He's 10-1. I'd rather spend down on Hamels or Clevenger. I'd rather go that way. I think you can roll out Clevenger in cash, to be honest. I, and I would just rather go that way. And the, out of the top few over on DK, that would be... Lance would Lance Lynn would be my fade, and it's the same thing over on and Sirocco. It's the same thing over on Fanduel. Degrom at the top, Barrios at the top, Clevenger, Hamels. All four of those guys I actually do like, and then you get down into Lynn and Sirocco. Those guys are those guys are fades. But we'll get into some other value value pitchers if you want to go through. So let's let's head on keep things going here with the punches. We'll, we're rolling through. We're doing all right. We're about halfway through here. Um, let's go to Houston. Tommy Malone. And Wade Miley, a couple lefties, no fantasy appeal with either of them. None, absolutely none at all. Um, you know, Seattle's been decent. We've been all over Seattle this week as just like the the underrated maybe stack in Milwaukee. J.P. Crawford continues to do things, so I, you know, the lefty lefty matchup is not ideal. So maybe if you if you've been rolling him out and you've had some success, maybe you just take a step back. There's just so many lefties in the Seattle lineup, and Malik Smith and Crawford and Vogelback and. Navarez, Kyle Seeger, D. Gordon. There's just a ton. It doesn't make me like Wade Miley, but in, you know it just makes me shy away from the Seattle lineup just a little bit. And the Astros have just been it's super, super cold. I mean, they just lost two to three to Pittsburgh. They got smashed in their last game. They're just not scoring any runs right now. Tommy Malone has actually been pretty decent, but I'm not buying in. It's a 5.9 team implied total for the Astros. It makes a lot of sense. And I think for people who've played them all week and have been burned by them, they may not go back to Houston. So they may shy away from guys like Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman. Jordan Alvarez left the game with an injury. I don't think he's going to suit up tonight. So 
I would go back to them in tournaments. I just won't trust them in cash. I don't. I don't think you can. Like these teams go through these trends where they're they're hot and cold, and, and Houston's in one of those trends where they're just cold. But I would definitely take a shot on them in tournaments against Tommy Malone. Milwaukee and Pittsburgh has the potential to. We're probably going to see some runs here in this game. Let's be honest. The totals at ten point five. We have Joey Sassine on the hill for the Brewers up against Chris Archer. Both pitchers have been bad. Like Archer, 74 strikeouts in 69 innings. That's nice and all, but a 4.65 walks per nine, a 5.56 ERA, a 23.7 home run to fly ball ratio. That is absurd. Archer has walked at least two batters in every single start this season. He served up at least one homer in 10 straight outings. The Brewers already had showing against him earlier in the year where they hit him around. They hit two bombs against him. And Archer has a career-high 44% hard hit rate and a 40% fly ball rate. So the 6.2 team implied total for Milwaukee makes a lot of sense. They make a lot of sense in cash. And guess who's back in the lineup for Milwaukee? Keston Hira. That's right. He is back. They finally sent Travis Shaw down. That experiment is likely over. Uh, here is just, he was great with the Brewers. He was sent down. He was great with AAA in the minors. And he's probably going to be great again. And DraftKings, of course, is all over him. He's 2-3 on FanDuel. I don't understand what's going on. And when you just take a look at him, 4-4 on DK, it's like, that's where he should be. And that's probably where he should be on FanDuel. He should be at least 4K. So he's going to be complete chalk, but it's okay. Roll him out there at 2-3. Play him in tournaments, play him in cash. Great salary relief, um, phenomenal. And for Shasin, his numbers are a lot like Archer's, actually. 4.44 walks per nine, 5.88 ERA, a 17.1 home run to fly ball ratio. He's walked at least three batters in three of his past four games, and he's allowed at least a home run in nine of his 14 outings this season. And Pittsburgh has a five point zero team implied total. And like I said, they just went into Houston and scored some runs against the Astros. So I think you can you can get involved with some right-handed bats. Kevin Newman, a couple bombs in his last two games. He enters with a 17-game hit streak. He has 40 hits in 45 starts this season. Like, not 40 total hits. In 45 of his starts, he has a hit in 40 games. That's very impressive. There's, there's a reason he's leading off for this Pirates team. He's doing it all. The first three hitters I like in Pittsburgh, Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman, and Starling Marte, I think you can get I think you can get involved with the Pirates mini stack in tournaments. Again, much easier to do on the FanDuel side with Newman 3-1 and Reynolds 3-4 and Marte 3-8. And if you're going to do it and just try to be opposite, contrarian opposite here, because there's going to be some runs, like I said, and Shasin is not all that good. Everyone's going to go to Milwaukee. If you want to get some low ownership, I think you can go to Pittsburgh. You can get involved with Reynolds, Marte, and Newman. And if you're really going to go all in, you got to go Josh Bell, right? So those are the four I can get behind. And again, on FanDuel, you can get Hira, Thames, Moustakis, Grandal, and you really could get Yelich. Like, it's very possible. I've already done it. So you can go that way and cash if you want with Yelich and Hira and Thames or swap out Thames for Moustakis. I, I, that's a stack that will most likely work out for you if you're playing cash, but it's one that will probably be very chalky in tournaments, at least on the FanDuel side. Uh, let's move over to Colorado. Of course, you know, a 12.5 team implied total here. Yesterday, these two teams scored a ton of runs. The Rockies got to Walker Bueller, uh, faced him twice in a week. Sometimes that helps. I mean, he had 16 strikeouts against them in the start earlier in the week, and then he got lit up yesterday. So, obviously, it's really tough to face a team twice in a few days, and it's really tough to pitch in Colorado. Hinjin Rio's doing the same thing here. Antonio Sensatella, these guys, in their last start, they just faced these teams. 
So we could see some more runs again. Ryu is the cheapest we've seen him all year, really. 8-5, and it, it makes sense. 8-5 on the FanDuel side. Over on the DraftKings side, he's 8-9. So we're getting him at a discount tonight because of the price on, on or because of the fact that he's pitching in cores. I don't know how you can't take a shot on Ryu. Like, I get that there's a lot of risk there, but I'm going to do it at this price. Absolutely. I mean, this is the real true test for the lefty going in Colorado. 90 strikeouts and 99 innings, and he only has six walks over that span. He has a 1.27 ERA. Some regression is coming from him for sure, but we've yet to see him allow more than two runs in his 15 starts so far this season. So I'm going to take some shots on him, absolutely. And on the other side, Senzatella checks in with an 85% contact rate, 38% hard hit rate. It's a big reason why he has a 6.21 ERA at home. Over at the Quant Edge, I've, I've wrote my game breakdown for all the games. I really dive deep into his numbers. Um, so if you, you know, you can sign up for free, check out the three articles. Obviously, a lot of great stuff here in the Line Star app in terms of articles. I've, I've really broke down all of these games. I can only talk so much to you guys. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. Um, but, you know, if you want to check out the, the the deep write-outs for game by game. Check it out. You get the free three free articles, and if you like what you see, uh, the promo code means will get you a discount. Uh, and we have an active chat over there, just like LineStar app. And the LineStar app, you know, following the chat here this morning, people are willing to take a shot on Hinge and Rio, and you know, I can get behind that. I'm 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 for it. I back it up. I, I think it's I think it's worth the the investment. I, I wonder if we'll get low ownership because of that, because of the fact it's in Colorado. So if you want to go the opposite way. You certainly can. I mean, you can, you can, Nolan Arenado, David Dahl, Ian Desmond, these guys have had success so far this season against lefties. So if you want to go the opposite way, I think there'll be low ownership both ways with Rio and with Colorado bats. The big takeaway here is how can we find a way to get these Dodger bats in against Sensatella? So lefties are slashing 336, 424, and 531 with a 402 Woba. You really have to spend down on your starting pitcher if you want to get Dodgers in. I think the two that you should try to get in, Cody Bellinger and Max Muncy. Now, Cody Bellinger is 6K on DraftKings. It's really, really tough. When guys are 5'9 and 6K, I try to just fade them because it really just it puts a number on your lineup. It really puts a dent in it. It's hard to get some balance. Well, there, Again, there's a couple pitchers we've talked about. Velasquez, we talked about Sanchez. There's another one that I'll save near the end that I think you could – maybe get a little weird in tournaments and make it work that way. Jock Peterson is decent as well up at the top of that lineup, but he's very expensive. I think Matthew Beattie is the one value guy in this lineup, both on DK and FanDuel. Again, it's a, it's much easier to do on FanDuel if you want to get some guys in, but it's really tough to fade the, uh, fade the Dodgers here tonight. 7.4 team applied total. So if you can find a way to get any of those guys in, I think Bellinger and Max Muncy are in you know pretty good spots here. They, they could both go yard again, and they did yesterday. Muncy had two, and Bellinger had one. Let's move over to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is what we used to call them. <laughs> they change their name all the time, right? The Angels and the A's, Oakland Athletics, a 4.6 team implied total. Mike Fires on the hill. Uh, Ramirez is going to start for the Angels, but they're going to turn things over to Felix Pena. So Ramirez is only going to get the inning or so. Uh, there's probably going to be some runs scored here, but you know we've kind of been all over Fires. At least I have. I've seen a pretty good track record for him. He's He hasn't allowed more than three runs in a start since April 20th, if you can believe that. He's 12 innings against the Angels this season where he's only allowed three runs. He had a start against them in March where he allowed just one hit over six scoreless. The one problem is, you know, he only fanned two batters in that one outing. He has his only 62 strikeouts in 94 innings, which is why rostering him is really a problem. 
at home, I like him in certain spots as a as a cash saver, somebody who can maybe just get you that quality start, get you that W. But the Angels have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball, so I just won't go there with Fires tonight. And I'm just going to shy away from all of this together. Yesterday was the first time the Angels had a full lineup all year. They put up an eight spot against Oakland. They certainly can put up another six or seven runs, but I've been impressed with Fires. Like I said, I mean he's he's done a really good job. This is a, a pitcher's ballpark for him. So I, I'm going to shy away from this game altogether. If you feel differently, that's fine, obviously. Shoei Otani, Justin Upton, Anderson Simmons, those are the value bats, I think, on both sides, DraftKings, especially on FanDuel. Get behind all of those guys. Of course, Mike Trout, if you're going to stack, needs to be in the lineup. But Fires has been pretty good against the Angels over the past couple seasons. So I'm going to shy away. I'm not going to roster Fires. I'm going to shy away from the Angels' offense. I think there's better opportunities if you want to stack. I don't understand Matt Olson's price on Fandle. He's 3-3. He's very cheap on, on DK2-4-1. He had his third home run of the season against the Angels last night. So uh, there's an opportunity with Pena, too. Lefty bats have seven bombs against him, a 374 Woba. They're slashing 283, 367, and 520. So I think Matt Olson is that one guy that you know could go yard tonight, we'll say that. Let's move over to San Diego. We have Eric Lauer on the hill, 4.7 team implied total for the Padres, up against Michael Waka, a 4.4 team implied total for the Cardinals. Now, there's some value on both sides here, and call me crazy, because I am. I sometimes like to get nuts with my lineups. Michael Waka, the right-handed pitcher for the Cardinals, he is only 5'9 on DraftKings. I know what you're saying, Waka sucks. Let's stack against Michael Waka. I get it. This is extremely risky. But if you want to play Dodgers bats, and I think you do, you're going to have to get involved with Waka. Even if you don't want to play Dodgers bats, and you want to go all the way up at the top with DeGrom, or you want to go all the way up at the top with Barrios, I think you have to you have to spend down on pitching. I, I think you have to take a shot on whether you want Vince Velasquez and you're just chasing a win with some strikeup upside. If you want Anibal Sanchez, who we, by the way, I noticed now that I just skipped over that. So just quickly with Sanchez, if he can get to the sixth inning, he could get you a W. Like he's up against Daniel Norris. The Washington Nationals have some guys in that lineup who just absolutely crush left-handed pitching. Anthony Rendon has a 434 Woba, 52% hard hit rate, and a 306 average against lefties. He's absolutely worth every single penny on DraftKings and FanDuel. I take a shot on Brian Dozier. I take a shot on the value on FanDuel with Howie Kendrick and Ryan Zimmerman, who should return to the lineup tonight. Washington's going to score some runs against Daniel Norris, who, you know, 10 homers in the season. Actually, 10 homers in his last nine starts, at least one in eight of 13, and a 15.6 home run to fly ball ratio. So they're going to have some success in Detroit against Norris. So if Sanchez can just get to six, maybe five, you know, rack up a few Ks because the Tigers have the second highest strikeout rate in baseball, he could do that for you. He's allowed three or fewer runs in eight straight outings. So if it's not Sanchez and it's not Velasquez, I think it's Waka. I mean, you can go Lauer if you want. My one problem with him is, I mean, he just doesn't strike out enough guys. 63 strikeouts in, in 81 innings. He does have a 2.7 ERA at home. So that should make you think about the under in this game. 8.5, like that under could seriously hit. And for Waka, back to him as we jump around games. I need Joey P here to, to keep me in line. For Waka, I mean, he's basically free. He has a higher strikeout rate than Lauer. The environment is friendly. He's allowed one or zero runs in three of his past five starts. He just had an outing against the Angels where he looked really good. I mean, he didn't walk a lot of guys. He wasn't giving up home runs, and the strikeouts were there. So 
if you want to get involved with Dodgers and you want to spend up for pitching in certain spots, I think Waka is good. I wouldn't roll him out as my one on FanDuel. That's just getting real crazy. Um, but you could do it in a tournament. Like, you could roll out Waka and stack Dodgers. That can be done on FanDuel and on a tournament. Had success last week with Jeff, this week actually with Jesse Chavez. He was the same price up against the team who struck struck out a lot in Detroit, and that's why we like Sanchez, right? The, the comparison is there. And then I was able to stack Yankees. I was able to stack Padres. So you can get it done on Fanduel. Like that's an option I can definitely suggest. Just trying out. Um, if it bites me, you know I'll be back here on Saturday to to own up to it for sure. On the flip side, if you're not feeling the walk a call, and I get it. You look at the splits, right-handed bats have had their way with them. 338 average, 619 slugging, 419 Woba. 12 of the 14 home runs he's allowed have come against right-handed bats. And the Padres are hot. Part of that is because they just went into Baltimore and beat up on that leaky bullpen. But Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, these two are in a groove. Vandal completely snoozing on both in terms of pricing. And Hunter Renfro affordable over there as well. Hunter Renfro is a little bit better against lefties. Fernando Reyes is a little bit better against righties. So if you want to go the other way, you can. But honestly, I'm going to roll out Waka in at least one tournament lineup just to see what I can do with some of my bats. And if I can get DeGrom in there, I think it's very possible. The final game of the night, and I believe we've hit the mall. I know I just kind of skipped over that Detroit game, but you know we got a little bit of action in there with, with Sanchez and with Washington. So the final game of the night is happening in San Fran. We have Sean Anderson on the hill for the Giants up against Merrill Kelly for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Both teams right now, 3.8 team implied total. Kelly is, you never know what you're going to get with Kelly. I mean, he, he sometimes he has outings where he doesn't strike out anybody, and then he had an outing against the Red Sox earlier in the year where I think he had 10K. I, 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 Kelly is just, he's a strange one to figure out. This is the third time he's faced the Giants so far this season, and he just faced them in his last start. He racked up nine strikeouts against them last week, and he's only allowed two runs in 11 innings against San Fran this season. That makes me like him a little bit. I wish he was cheaper. 9-1 on DK is... I don't really love that. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that price, but if you're a late slate player, I think you could get involved, right? You fade the pitching in LA and Oakland. You definitely fade Sensatella. And if you don't like Waka or Lauer, what are you doing? You're, you're rolling the dice on Hinge and Ryu. You, you don't really want to roll the dice on Malone or Miley. So you're going to have to play somebody probably... If you're doing the late slate, you're going to probably have to go Ryu or Kelly or Kelly and Waka and Lauer. Like, it's going to have to be kind of that combination. So, I'm not crazy with Kelly. Linesar App loves him. Linesar App's been balling out all year. They were all over John Gray against San Fran. And they're all over Kelly against San Fran again here today. So, I like the matchup for Arizona. Anderson has an 87% contact rate. That'd be one of the highest in baseball if he had the innings. He only has 45 innings, so he doesn't qualify. He only has 23 strike, 26 strikeouts over that span. So I think Arizona, the 3.8 team implied total for the Diamondbacks is too small, in my opinion. I think you can take it as a single prop. I think they can get to four runs for sure. And they've already faced Anderson twice this season, 11 innings, and they have 14 hits and six runs. So they've hit him around. They have 14 hits in 11 innings, and I believe nine in one start. So David Peralta, Marte, Escobar, that makes for a decent late stack. So not hating Kelly, and I definitely think Arizona's getting underrated, So uh, at least offensively from Vegas. So there you have it. 
run through the the whole entire slate, 14 games, no interruption. I, if you're still hanging around, I really appreciate it um, for sure. Let's go through and just kind of wrap up quickly, and I'll give some betting takes uh, as well as you know we wrap up. So I like Clevenger. I think he's a good tournament arm. Uh, I think you can get behind Cleveland a couple of their bats against John Means, but ultimately – I won't go there. I will go with Clevenger. Uh, there's going to be some runs in the Toronto and the Royals game. That total is at 10. It's climbing. It started at 9.5. It continues to climb. I think Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler is, is in a good spot. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is one of my favorite bats tonight. He's not my home run call, uh, but I do love him. Over on the Quan Edge, I give a few home run calls. I give about 5 or 10. He's one of them. So I think he's certainly worth the price on Fandle. Tough to get behind on DraftKings. I think the Jays will score some runs against Danny Duffy who has struggled with walks and struggle. And and same with Reed Foley. There's going to be some runs in that Casey and Jays game. I, I wonder if people are going to overlook it. I'm going to fade away from Lance Lynn and uh, Yanni Chirinos. I think the under could hit there. Uh, I like Cole Hamels on the road, and I like the Cubs as well. Minus 109. I think they'll do enough against Sonny Gray and get you the win uh, in Cincinnati. So that's one of my favorite bets on the board. Vince Velasquez is a value play. I think, you know, Phillies will give him some run support. Bryce Harper, uh, I like him as well. He's heating up a little bit. I like Washington on the road. Only minus 157. I, I really enjoyed this bet. 10 is what the line opened up at. It's 10.5. I think Sanchez is a decent value play. Somebody you can get, you know, you can roll in and do a lot with your lineups. And I think Anthony Rendon uh, is the guy to roster in that lineup. Take a shot with Brian Dozier. Jacob DeGrom in tournaments, absolutely. Mike Soroka is a fade, 7.5. I like the under. I know it's a small total. I like the under there. I love the over in Milwaukee, 10.5. Let's pick on Chris Archer. Let's spend up for some Milwaukee bats. Let's go contrarian and spend up on some Pittsburgh bats as well up against Chassin. Seattle and, and Houston, I'm just going to completely fade from a cash standpoint. I don't want any of these Seattle bats. All those lefties against Wade Miley. I definitely don't want Wade Miley, uh, but I think Seattle could maybe just I, I, maybe only a couple runs from them tonight. So we don't like them as much as we used to, um, you know, earlier in the week. And let's go over to Minnesota, the Chicago game. Again, we don't know who's pitching for the White Sox, but we love the Twins. We love Barrios. And we also love Houston. I kind of skipped over them in tournaments. I think you can go and get behind them for sure. Hinton Ryu on the hill. If you want to be contrarian, absolutely. We're seeing a little bit of a price discount. Find a way to get some Dodger bats in there, whether it's just cash, whether you have to move over to FanDuel, invest over there with your funds. You can make it happen going to fade the Angels and the Athletics game. I'm giving some respect to Fires. I'm not rolling him out, but I'm giving him just a little bit of respect because I like what I've seen from him so far this season and against the Angels. I do like Matt Olson, though. I think he can jump on an opportunity there. The lefty um, has done good against Felix Pena. The lefty bats have you know had their way against Pena so far this season. Michael Walker again, call me crazy. I think there's an opportunity for value there with Michael Walker. If you want to fade me and go against that, I completely understand it. Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado have been really good, so so there's an opportunity to jump on them, I think, in tournaments. But honestly, I'm leaning with Waka, and I'm scared. I'm sick to my stomach just talking about it. And then Kelly, to wrap it up, also an opportunity there. Linestar app likes him as one of the better value plays. and Just an opportunity maybe for some wins. So there you have it. The betting lines, in case you didn't get through it, Arizona, um, the Dodgers, definitely the Dodgers against Sensatella. I think you'll have to lay some juice there. I think you can pick them by two. Minnesota, you can pick by two. Uh, let's get back on board with Houston because they burned everybody this week. You can get back on board with them. I think the over in Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, the under in New York and Atlanta, Washington on the road, Philadelphia on the road, Chicago on the road, and then the over in Toronto between the Blue Jays and the Royals. All right, it's time to call the shot. It's just me here, so I will give you the home run call. In fact, maybe let's just give a couple 
couple here. I'll, I'll do one for Joe, uh, but Dan, let's not let's not give him any points, right? If you know, I got to chase this guy down if he gets it right. You know what I mean? Uh, jokes aside, I will head to Detroit for my home run call. And it's not going to be a Tiger, I tell you that. It's going to be Anthony Rendon of the Washington National. I think he's in a really good spot in Detroit against Daniel Norris, the lefty on the hill. Anthony Rendon is just phenomenal. Whether it's a lefty or righty, he just does everything. And this guy's about to get paid. I wonder if it will be with Washington in the offseason. So a second call just to give you one because, you know, you you took the time to to listen to me ramble for 35-plus minutes by myself. Um, The second call that I will give is Matt Olson. Let's go with Matt Olson against the Angels. And if you want a third one, because I'm feeling a little freaky on Friday, it's Lourdes Aguriel Jr. Let's go with him. So we got Anthony Rendon, Matt Olson, and Gurriel Jr. Uh, for the Blue Jays. That wraps it up. Thanks for taking the time, guys, to hang out. Sorry, my apologies. It's just been a one-man show here. If you you know, you know want to get more involved in DFS, I'd love everything that's going on. The Linestar app, subscribe. Give them a follow on Twitter, at Linestar app. Thanks for subscribing. If you haven't already, subscribe. That way you can get the podcast out to you quicker. On Deck Podcast here on the Line Star app. So I'm Chris Meany. If you want some more details, you can always hit me up at Twitter, at Chris Meany. Uh, I'm always around to to help out with some lineups. Uh, if you want to you know, dive deeper into a little bit about what I do, head over to the Quant Edge and uh, hit me up. The promo code means. Have a good one, guys. Good luck. And as Joe says, there's nothing else left to do but step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast. Brought to you by Linestar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meaney.